Welcome to the Student Ministry Matters podcast. We want to encourage, equip, and connect those with a passion to impact the next generation for Jesus Christ. Student ministry can be a lonely place. You might even feel like you're the only one in your church or community that cares about students. Well, know this, you're not alone. People all across the country are engaging Gen Z and care deeply about the spiritual direction of these young men and women. Whether you're full-time, part-time, bivocational, or volunteer, if you have a heart for students, this is the place for you. Welcome again to Student Ministry Matters, the podcast. We're so happy that you've chosen to download and listen as we continue the conversation about student ministry. Now on tonight's podcast, I've got Chris Vines. What's up, guys? And Micah Powell. Hey, howdy, howdy. Well, we are um, at episode, actually episode number 53. We've just reached over 3,000 downloads. We're excited about that. Woo! Man, yeah, there is, it has just been cool to watch how God has has blessed our time together. When we began this in February of 2020, who knew what the world was going to do? In less than a month, uh, the world kind of shut down, or at least our world here in America, uh, kind of shut down, and it was left for us to just kind of stop and connect digitally and be able to share some things as we've gone along. So as you go back and maybe you listen to some of the older podcasts, you're going to find some things that are th- what they call evergreen. They'll work in a year. They are great principles for us to apply. Some of the things are about COVID, and, and many of us are still dealing with a lot of that that craziness in our ministries and trying to figure out what does that look like? How do we get restarted? Because, well, we jokingly said 2020 was a dumpster fire. For me, 2021 started off pretty much the same way. In that short amount of time, in the first seven days, I was dealing with COVID. Uh, We had whatever that was that happened at the Capitol building. Um, I was thinking, okay, I'm going to survive this. And then my clothes dryer died and my refrigerator died all during those first few days. I was ready to give up. And you may be ready to give up right now. And so we wanted to take a night and talk about joy. It is a vital thing as we work with students to be champions of joy, to help them understand what they need to do in regard to that. And so we were want to take some time tonight and just talk about that concept of how we can invest in our students, not to, to be fake by any stretch or uh, just to, to put on a front, but to talk about real joy and how we can encourage our students when the world doesn't seem to match up with their expectations. And so we're going to spend a few minutes there. Uh, but we do have an announcement that we need to make right up here, right up at front. And we are saddened by it. Both Chris and I are. Um, and you probably will be too. But Micah Powell, after a year of doing this podcast with us, is having to step away. He is um, a student now at Midwestern Baptist Theological Seminary in Kansas City and has a whole bunch of jobs and a wife and a small child. And man, that's a lot to do. He's working at Home Depot. He's working at the seminary. He's working in the Spurgeon Library. 
it makes me tired just hearing the things that he shared. And but he's going to be taking a step away from our podcast. He's always going to be a part of of who we are in the beginning. And I just want to share with you before we even get into tonight's topic, um, what it meant uh, for me to have Micah as a part of our team. When we started thinking about the podcast back in 2019, uh, I kept thinking, all right, this is something I want to do. And I didn't really know if I'd have the ability to do this by myself. And I knew I couldn't. And I thought, who in the world could bring the energy and passion for ministry and a lot of great insight? And my first choice was Micah Powell. Um, he has made a huge difference in my life, just being a part of it, um, the joy and excitement that he brings. And as we started talking and brainstorming about ideas and what that would look like, lo and behold, Chris contacted me and said, hey, what about that podcast thing that y'all had mentioned? And then we all got together and it was just so exciting to see how that's worked. And so again, for this, this past year, and that's all it's been so far, we've had the opportunity to interview people. We've had the opportunity to connect with student ministry workers across uh, the state of Arkansas and beyond. And I'm just so excited uh, for him and his future as he pursues his master of divinity there at the school. Um, but again, we're saddened by this announcement. Uh, but man, we are uh, excited for how God is going to use him in the in the coming months and coming years. And so just want to put that out there. Chris is going to share something at the end of the program um, uh, as well. Um, and I'll, I'll give Mike a chance to say something specific to, to this area. But we want to talk about uh, the idea of being a champion of joy. You know, I think about our, our students and I think about our students from technically from last year. And, you know, as a student ministry worker, we often think about things when I say last year, last school year. That's usually how it falls. Uh, but I think about the class of 2020. Um, so many of them had to give up graduation. They had to give up prom. They had to give up final concerts, final events, final games, all because of this pandemic. And we thought, all right, we're into 2021. Everything's going to be back to normal. And it hasn't been. In fact, in our part of Arkansas, the northwest corner where I met, uh, the numbers continue to rise. I think Micah was expressing earlier. Micah, you said that there was an increase in the Kansas City area as well? Yes, there's been a, an increase as well. And uh, people on campus and people off campus, there's a lot of hurting people. Um, by the grace of God, though, we've seen uh, people get well and uh, people healed. And I mean, God's been doing great things and um, um, among this horrible, horrible time in, in history, God's doing great things. Yeah. Yeah. And that's, that's been the, the big thing for me and what God has shown me over the last couple of weeks is, as my wife and I traversed through COVID ourselves, we, you know, we had a little bit of fever, a, a couple of weeks of fatigue and not being able to sleep and headaches and congestion. And now, we're technically past that that hard 14 days of it, but we're still feeling that those effects. Um, man, it's it's it is hard, but at the same time, God has shown Himself. You know, I mentioned just even a moment ago how my washer, or I'm sorry, my clothes dryer died, and my refrigerator died, and 
my church before the end, well, right around Christmas time, they gave me an extra large Christmas gift. One that I thought, oh, this is fantastic. I'm going to be able to apply this towards my my school. And this is going to be, fan- it's going to take off that edge of how am I going to pay for this? And I held on to it and I held on to it and I held on to it just the right amount of time because it's the exact amount I needed to repair my refrigerator and repair my clothes dryer. And it's just how God used his people to bless me and my wife in a big way. Um, you know, God is, is big. He is worthy of our praise. He is, uh, he can bring us joy. And that's what we want to talk about tonight. We want to, to touch on that, that subject because holy cow, if we let it, it could pull us, all of these circumstances could pull us down. And so let me just start with, you know, kind of a basic question in the midst of all of this craziness. I mean, it really, um, we can make our list. And if, if I'm missing something, guys, hop in. You know, in 2020, we dealt with the pandemic. We dealt with racial um, racial concerns and racial, um, what's the word I'm looking for here? Unrest. Yeah. Injustices. Yeah, yeah, and injustices. And, and then we dealt with a crazy election. Uh, what are some of the other things that have been hard this past 12 months for you, your ministry, you know, we're going to get to the good stuff. So what, what has been hard for you? Yeah. The, the one thing that comes to my mind is just the inconsistency in planning, um, the, the lack of ability oh, to, yeah. to, to plan and to, uh, to really just kind of dream in a certain sense. You know, I think as youth pastors, we, um, and church leaders, we we tend to like we like to think in terms of at least a year out. Um, you know, sometimes we we even make kind of a three year plan of what we'd like to see happen, and that's something that we don't necessarily share with everybody. It's just something that we kind of dream up, and um, you know, and we've spent a whole year, and now going on into the second year of just not really f- being able to do that, just feeling. Um, unable to do that. And, uh, and so I think that's been a difficult thing for me, or I know it's been a difficult thing for me. Yeah, man, I, I, that, that idea of the uncertainty and our listeners may or may not know that you're the visionary leader of the SOAR conference and that totally got changed this last year. And, And you guys did a great pivot of providing a digital format, but it was still, wasn't the ideal. It wasn't what we were used to and, you know, not even knowing, okay, what's that going to look like for this next year? Are we going to be far enough along? Um, There's so much uncertainty and I am hopeful that camps and conferences and all those things are going to be back. But man, that inability to, to plan can be uh, as much of a joy drainer as anything else. Micah, you did what's, what's been tough for you this past year? I think helping people out of their frustrations and fear and anxieties has been big for me. Um, mm. I think it's probably why I've expressed so much of my frustrations to you two brothers. And that's one thing, guys, that you probably don't see in the background is, man, we, we are <laughs> – I love these two men. Um, before we begin podcast, we really have – not a dish session, but more of just like a brotherhood struggling, like kind of leaning on each other and leaning on Christ by leaning on each other and loving each other. 
but just wrestling with things that we deal with and are, and are struggling with. And, 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 and I, I love this, this question because it's, it's having this, these two guys leaning on them and, and having that community and, and acceptance among these two guys has really enabled me to see my own deficiencies and my own sin. And, and I've been able to go out into the, the world in which, um, where I work at Home Depot or at the Virgin Library or at, you know, leading worship somewhere or preaching. It sent me off like a, I think, like a strong bow and arrow. It's, it's, it's sent me off and, and fired me well knowing that I have these two gentlemen um, to kind of lean on when I'm really wrestling with something or to just kind of get, get some things I'm dealing with. And they, they usually, they usually give really good advice and, and ha- having that um, being here in Kansas city on Midwestern's campus with all these young married couples that have been married two years and have a you know, nine month old trying to figure out how they're going to pay bills. Like guys, that is prevalent on this campus. I, I mean, I, I mean, there's people love like, I mean, battling, are they going to eat or are they going to have a place to live? Like that's a real battle that goes on in this campus. And just my heart just going out for them, knowing where they are and their suffering and, and trying to give some resemblance, some resemblances of joy and, and not just making it fake, but something that's something I experience and, and love. Um, and, and it's from friendships like, uh, like I have with Dan and Chris and with Christ that knowing that, uh, first of all, Christ has given me so much more um, than I've given to people, and He has so much more to offer than I could ever give people. has has allowed me, I think, to be able to to minister to people. And all I want to do is just make Jesus famous. And I know that's what Chris wants, and I know that's what Dan wants to just make God and Jesus, make His name famous among the nations. And here I am in Kansas City, a very lost town with a lot of struggling seminarians and their families and homeless people. And, and I'll tell you, um, my, my ministry has not been pastoral for this season, but it's been evangelistic. Holy cow, Dan, there are so many people that need to hear the gospel. Yeah. They're everywhere. And there's so many people that don't, and that have never, or if they've heard it, it's, it's not pushy, you know, like just having a conversation about Christ and not an accusation about Christ has been big for me. Like, I don't know if it's because I'm from Arkansas or from the Missionary Baptist or I don't know. Like if the conversations in that those realms were just like organic and enjoyable. But man, moving here to Missouri in the kind of uh, central – west central you know, side of it has just opened up a new world of you know, personalities and ex- experiential things. But man, there are so many people that I'm just asking them questions about their family and, and then – we just in the conversation, you know, praying for them. And, you know, I'm trying to, to be evangelistic, you know, ask them about Jesus and try to talk to them and share them the gospel. And they just, and they, instead of handing them a track or going through like a, a, a program, I'm just having a conversation and man, guys, it is, God is doing big stuff during COVID. Like it's not just catching the coronavirus. That's the problem. And the fear of that, like they have that fear. My, my fear is less of that and more of man, if this person dies from coronavirus, where are they going to go? Like, mm, yeah, that's that's been more on my mind than has ever been on my mind, and so and not just and I don't want to force that conversation, but man, God has been very kind in in giving opportunities at Home Depot to um, share the gospel with people that are lost, and um, I'm grateful for that experience for sure. Grateful for this you know, time. One of the the hard things that I've seen this past year. You know, you you made mention of it, but of that uncertainty, I mean, with life or death and and that reality. But I think one of the other things that we see as a hard thing, 
maybe hitting some of your students. For those of you listening, I know it's hit one of my students, the uh, the young lady who lives in our house, my daughter. Um, you know, she had to spend her Christmas break from college in basically three weeks of isolation because she got exposed before she came home. And then, then she was dealing with mom and dad both had COVID. <laughs> and so I just, my heart breaks for her and, and seeing her, it made me think about all these other students that are having to spend so much time alone. Um, relationships are in a different place. Um, you know, that connection and all of those things that we experience, if we allow them to, uh, can be joy drainers. I mean, they can just suck the life out of us, and and it's hard. Um, but Micah already touched on it. You know, God is doing some big things during this pandemic, and he's working in some big ways. And so I think it is just vital that we be champions of joy for our students. And even in the the muck of life that we deal with, um, we need to realize that that Jesus is there for us, and we need to let our students know that as well. And so, when you guys start getting hit with the discouragement of not being able to plan, or when you get hit with a church member who is um, ill because of this, or something gets canceled for your students or for you, or you know, goodness, there have been some big people in our in our work and big people, and I say big people, but people that are uh, mean a lot to us that this this virus has hit. And so when we are dealing with all of that, where do you guys pull your joy from? You know, you're both married, you both have kids. Um, how do you how do you stay joyful in those moments as the leaders of your home and in leaders in ministry? Um, how do you do that? Chris, how do you, how do you grab on to joy in those moments? Yeah, I think that's a good question. Um, well, you know, joy, let me first say this. I think we all know um, us talking and then those listening that joy is a, uh, that's a big topic, you know. It's a uh, it's a little word, but it's a it's a big big topic to discuss. And uh, at a very basic level, when I think about joy, uh, I do think about the difference between joy and happiness. Um, I, I think we can certainly do that. Those words can be used interchangeable, but a lot of times we we of course think of um, temporary pleasure versus a long lasting. Uh, sustainable pleasure, right? And I think that last one is what we would describe as as joy. Uh, that's what we're talking about. And so a long, a long lasting, uh, sustainable uh, source of of uh, of pleasure. You know, I think it's what we're talking about there. Uh, that's how I understand it. And you, know, you guys may have a different definition there. So when I think about it that way. Um, you know, joy is one of those things that no matter what the situation is going is around me, whatever I'm in uh, the midst of, whether it be the the fact that I can't plan the way that I want to, whether it be plans have changed or uh, things are just not going the way that I have expected them to, uh, for whatever reason, I believe it's important for us as um, not just youth pastors but as Christians to to know and believe that 
that we can have joy in the midst of that. I think that's biblically when we see joy in in scripture, that's what's going on. It's it's um, a uh, a God produced pleasure um, in the midst of very difficult situations. And so to answer your question, Dan, in a, in a very short way, I mean, the way that I have to grab onto joy is by turning my eyes to Christ, uh, because I believe he is our joy. Um, Philippians three, uh, verses seven and eight is a verse, uh, a couple of verses that, that I hold tightly to. Um, it's, it's really, um, uh, in, in this particular vein of talking about joy, I believe it, it helps, it helps me at least think rightly. Uh, but those verses say that, but whatever things were gained to me, of course, this is Paul talking, those things I've counted as loss for the sake of Christ. More than that, I count all things to be lost in view of the surpassing value of knowing Christ Jesus, my Lord. Um, so knowing Christ and, uh, and just knowing the fact that I am known by him, uh, that, that is my joy. Um, and so in a, in a very short, succinct sentence, um, Jesus is, is my joy and I have to look to him. So no matter what the circumstance is, um, the way that I grab onto joy is I grab onto Christ. You know, we, we hear the commands of Scripture. I think it's Philippians 4, four. rejoice in the Lord always. Again, I say rejoice. Um, we, we hear that. We, um, I remember being back in the, the Central Baptist College Choir, and that was one of our themes for our, our album that we released. Now, that was a CD. It wasn't an actual vinyl. Um, but it was this idea that we should rejoice, in, but it is, like you said, Christ is our source he is our hope. Micah, when we're hit with different things, and we've talked about some of them, uh, what do you do to to find joy in the midst of what could be pain? I, I think something about knowing that knowing that all pain is in God's sovereignty trying to test us to see what, we, what we'll run to. Mm. For some reason, I, I think, like, and I, I only know this because of now, I've never worked harder in my life and struggled more in my life. And and, and, and seeing my own sin more in my life and, and, and not even something that's like, I, I go back to as like something I'm like running back to constantly. It's like a lifelong thing as much as it is just sin and how deep seated that is in me. And, and, and no, knowing that I want to kill this thing, I want to slay this thing. I want to, I, I want to conquer this thing. It's like, well, well, that's what Christ does. Yeah. And that's what he did. It's what he continues to do. And, and and as I know that suffering and, and even my sin is this thing that keeps me weak, because in my sin God is in Christ is is is, is good and He's perfect and He's strong. Then, like Chris said, but in a different way. Like I want to, and, and suffering comes, and I've not done a very good job of this in the past thirty three years. And I hope to make up for my Lord. I hope to make up for it for the next fifty. Is that I would understand that when suffering comes that I would patiently understand this thing as a test, as a loving test to see what surfaces in me um, so that I can run to God in that suffering. Because I, I don't know why I feel like there's something relative to us when suffering happens. It's test. Like all things, God is the causer of everything. He's the person that created everything that we see and set in motion the things that we see and enjoy. And, and for some reason, that's not to think that 
like when something bad happens, like it's an accident. It's not an accident. Like it's there to grow us. It's there to teach us. It's there to, for us to confirm or to affirm Christ. And guys, I don't know if you have it like I do. And listeners, I don't know if you have this like I do. And it's just deep seated in me, but a natural desire to not go to God first, to not give him glory, to not give him joy first, to not be relishing in this salvation that I have. And when suffering comes, that's the very thing that's your test, that it's test, that suffering is testing is it's testing me, it's testing you. It's testing, it's God testing us in the, the crucible of sin and the the battle of of lifetime that they, that's it's not satan and god fighting it out in the background like it's already been done and that's why i celebrate christ and, and i feel like i didn't have a very good view of christ in my suffering for years and, and whether it was education or lack of a desire not to read or to study or just to study things outside of you know um the bible uh, things like uh, the Psalms within the Bible, but even commentaries from from the Psalter, even, but uh, somebody like Charles Spurgeon, or um, just reading different good authors on like what joy is and what suffering is. Like when that suffering comes, I, I feel like I'm able to joy more now because of not just living those tough times and 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 falling short of giving God glory and finding joy in those, knowing that God um, uh, allowed this thing to happen to test me and to grow me. Um, but on the other side, too, to also maybe realize that when suffering happens now and from now on, I, I want to confess my sin deeply to Christ and, and, and lean on Christ for the promise that he gave um, from his word that um, he's not going to let the guilty go unpunished. And God punished his son, Jesus, so that I could have life and so that I would come one day come to accept him as Savior. And I'll forever be grateful for that. And so when suffering comes, I want to be able to find joy because I know that that suffering is kind of a whisper of God's showing me, whether it be something to discipline me or something to grow me. Um, and it's his way of, of, of showing me I'm his kid. And uh, spiritually speaking, um, the affirmation of that is fleshed out even in uh, the suffering. What surfaces if you get really angry or you know impatient or you run to pornography or you run to uh, the TV or you run to sports and you, all you do is you just fixate on sports and you don't pay attention to what's going on in your home. You can wake up from any of these things in an absolute, um, from a coma almost of years of being bad, like submerged in this sin where you come out of it, realizing you've wasted a lot of time that, you know, you could have been giving God glory, running to him for help to help you grow out of your sin and, and uh, love him most find joy. And, and that, to me that, I'm, I, I love my family. And if you have kids, you love your kids, but they truly test you. <laughs> oh man. Oh, it's amazing. I love my son, but man, he is such, he's it, all I'm saying is my son reminds me of, you know, he, he's so crazy energetic. And when something like I have to get onto him or I have to discipline him or something, he just falls apart and he gets angry. And the, the very thing he runs to He'll kick something like out of that the suffering that happens or he'll say no and scream out loud in defiance or he'll, you know, go and grab something like his, his sippy cup or just like drink. It's like all these things he runs to to uh, deal with what happened, but he doesn't run to me, which is what I want him to do is I want him to listen to me. And so that just knowing that makes me realize when, when suffering happens, I need to join Christ and join God. I need to run to him and confess my sin and my life to him and just follow, submit myself to him in my life and, and ask him for help and deliverance and not, not knowing that that deliverance will end, but just knowing that one day if I do die, then 
I mean, I, I have a, to live as Christ and to die as gain, as Paul put it. And I think as Chris uh, referenced in his verse, just knowing Christ supremely and everything, um, having a clear, concise view of God has, has been really, I think is really helpful. Knowing Christ, running to him, looking to him and understanding that God is in control, you know, th- those things help us grow in our joy, our personal joy, knowing that, you know, the things that we're going through right now are temporary. And, you know, at 48 or early 30s like these guys, uh, it's easier for us to see it because we've been through some stuff. Our students, however, you know, it's it's harder. <laughs> Their life has, has been much shorter. You know, I think about this year, I think about a young lady who's a part of our ministry, love her. It's been a tough year for her. She lost her dad. Um, she is a senior this year, so her senior year has been full of starts and stops with different things that are going on, and she has remained faithful throughout all of it, and she has remained joyful throughout all of it, and that is just blesses my heart. And so uh, let me ask you guys, um, what are some ways that we can encourage our students, whether it's uh, maybe a certain thing that we need to teach on? Maybe it is a certain thing that we can do, but how do we encourage our students to find joy in the midst of uh, the dumpster fire of 2020 or (laughs) the uncertainty of 2021 or just the normal ins and outs of, of life? I mean, you guys have, have, you've experienced ups and downs in your life, whether it's been those moments of heartache, um, it, before you met that that person that you have as your wife, you know, um, maybe it has been disappointments vocationally. Maybe it's been disappointments in your school. I, you know, it's all sorts of things that students go through and they experience. So what are some strategies that we can have for helping to encourage our students to find more joy in the midst of the mess? What do you think, guys? You know, one one thing that I'm thinking about this, and I don't want to go off on a, a theological rant here or anything, um, but sure. the we get something confused. I know I do. I'm, I'm very prone to, to do this, to think that it's very subtle, I believe, especially for uh, for anybody, but especially for teenagers, is to think that, that Jesus is the the pathway to to joy in the sense that uh we define joy in other words that jesus is um is what we need in order to get what we really want and um that quote unquote gospel is nothing but a false gospel and i think we we all three know that we believe that but when we think about joy and helping other people find their joy and we ourselves seeking for joy, you know, we're, we're looking for, we're looking for the, for the ultimate good. Are we not right? I mean, that's, that's what we're after. We're after, we're after the good. And so we, we take verses like Romans eight twenty eight, and it says, you know, for, um, all things work together for good to those who love God and are called according to his purpose. 
And here's one thing that I know about myself, and I think we can all admit about ourselves, is that we are very bad at defining what good is. Because right now, in the midst of COVID-19, if anybody were to define what good is, it would be to get rid of COVID-19, right? And I'm not saying that would be a bad thing. I think that would be a good thing. However, that's not what Romans 8.28 is promising, because the following verse tells us what the good is, and it's in fact conformity to the uh, image of Jesus Christ. So in the midst of suffering, like Micah was talking about, the good that we can hope for and the good that we can trust is doing, that God is doing and leading us into is to make us more and more like Christ, where there's less and less of us and more and more of him. Okay. Um, so I say all that to say this, that, okay, to answer your question very practically, how can we help teenagers understand this and find joy in the midst of their, their suffering or their heartache or whatever's going on? Well, listen, you know, teenagers can come to us with a lot of different issues, right? They can come to us with a lot of different uh, things that are on their mind. One day it might be, um, you know, their their girlfriend broke up with them. The next day, you know, it might be, you know, that's something else. You know, you fill in the blank with whatever it is. And for them in that moment, they want they want a certain thing. They want it to be fixed. And to them, that can easily be the definition of you know, that's what they consider joy, you know, um, and we need to help them see a better picture of what true joy is. And so I, I don't think it's right for us to try to just uh, console them and and uh, in the sense that um, we're giving them this false hope that, oh, well, maybe your girlfriend will come back. Right. Or something like that. But to give them a, a clear picture of, again, who Jesus is. Um, and I, I, here's something that I'm, I'm finding that I, one thing that I find a lot of joy in is in just the what we would call the common means of grace, you know, where God has promised to uh, to bless. And, and that's, of course, you know, going to his word and just soaking in his word. And so I think it's a, I think it's a really practical and important thing that we lead teenagers to um, to look deeply into God's word uh, and to help them, you know, in a very practical way read God's word. But then the other thing I would say, and there's more that could be said, but I'll, I'll just finish my little statement here with this is that, man, I think there's, um, a, a way that the Lord, uh, leads us into more and more joy, uh, in himself is through, um, the fellowship that we have with the church. Now during this season of coronavirus, that's that's been tough. It's been really tough, and I think that's one of the reasons why we see a lot of people um, void of of joy. But man, I, I was I was reminded of this just uh, this last weekend. Um, I'm thankful that that we've been able to to meet in person on Sunday mornings um, for for a little while now, and you know we're just we're in the middle of of um, of singing and. Uh, we have quite a few people on our stage on a Sunday morning and, uh, you know, and it's all generations and I'm thankful for that. And, and that's just, you know, this is just my faith family and, you know, we're singing, uh, just praises, um, uh, to King Jesus. And, and I'm, I'm seeing, I'm seeing, you know, people on stage that I've now had the, the privilege of spending, you know, very close to a decade of life with, and I know their story and I know who they are and, and not everything about them, but I, but I see them just 
pouring their heart out to the Lord and, and singing and in playing an instrument and all these things. And I look around the room and I see other faces, you know, doing the same thing. And, and I know these people and they know me. And in the midst of all of that, you know, man, I'm, I am inspired to, to worship the Lord all the more because of his goodness. And, and man, that brings, that brings incredible amount of joy. And, and so I don't think we need to undervalue the, uh, the privilege that we have, uh, and the blessing that we have in the, the, the church that God has put us in. So to, to sum all that up, I'd say, man, lead your students to, to know Jesus in his word and lead your students to find, find the joy, uh, of being saved to a particular people and, uh, and, and to know that they are, they have a, a source of joy in the, the church members that, that they've been blessed to be a, a part of. You know, one of the, my favorite little books, and we talked about it on, on our, our podcast episode of our favorite books was Sing by the Gettys. And one of the concepts there is singing one to another. And there is yeah. so much power in that as, as we sing, I am blessed by hearing the 85-year-old sing, and I'm blessed by hearing the 15-year-old sing. Yeah. And it, it just speaks to my heart and brings me so much joy. Um, one one past period of time that we had at, at Temple Baptist when I was, I was serving as the interim pastor there, and I was leading the Lord's Supper, and I remember looking up at these people all around me and just being overwhelmed by a love and concern for them as I uh, administered the Lord's Supper. And I looked and saw these faces of people that I had known for so many years and that I cared about. And there is so much value. And so just on a completely side note, encourage your teenagers to worship with the body. I know that there are churches where teenagers and students worship by, separately, but man, there's so much good by worshiping with the intergenerational body of Christ. And so, Micah, what, what sort of strategies do you have for when we're dealing with students or when we're dealing with others? How do, how do we encourage them to have joy in their faith life? Chris said, I mean, he, I, I just, I agree with Chris. I think he did a great yeah, job of um, just speaking on, just join the church, you know, like being able to experience here on campus, um, the, the idea of for the church that we exist for the church like that. I, I love that finding joy in the church, serving in the church, singing in the church. Mm. Um, <clears throat> just, I think something very minor that I would probably say I was, that would be like, um, is that worship can happen individually outside of the church. The main event of worship should be our expression of God as, as a, a gathered people. But something is just really, um, maybe on the really practical side of kind of what Chris was saying too, is to, to listen to really like solid, good music, like mm. during the week, not just stuff yeah. that's with the church, which, which is amazing. And that, if anything, the most important part of this, but small part of this too is um, trying to worship God through the week. And finding, and of course, there's a part of worship is joy um, in worship, knowing God, loving God, treasuring God, as John Piper, and I probably, I'd say, was run the gamut on and on find, and treasuring God <laughs> and probably joy. Um, but there's there's also like 
if you enjoy reading, get outside your spectrum and, and read some books like from uh, from, from, from John Piper, Jonathan Edwards, um, C.S. Lewis. Just There's a lot of books on, on joy, a lot of books on, um, on, on treasuring God, and, and there's music out there. There's wonderful music. I just found a new guy called Andrew Peterson here recently who's just talk, just writes a song for his, his – he's got a little a, a son, and I have a son, and, and it's called Find Your Way Home or You'll Find Your Way. And he talks about how he just wants his son to like – no matter what he's gone through, like it's like his first kiss or, you know, like his uh, like first wreck, like, you know, his first kiss, obviously in the context of his wife, um, just, just that knowing that his son's going to go through tough stuff. He said, find, follow the old road home, follow the old paths, you know, and, and follow the lights that that will guide you home. And that, that was just so hearing that just like, uh, like brought tears to my eyes, thinking that my son, you know, I, I'm in my experiences. I'm I'm beating a path for him to be able to find his way home to Jesus, hopefully. And 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 that song just really filled me up and gave me a lot of joy, knowing that this 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 tough time of parenthood for me, um, and even for any students that I've had in the past. If you're listening to this, and you're an old student of mine. Bless your heart. But more so, <laughs> more so, um, picking good music to listen to, solid music. You know, um, behold our God. Uh, by Simon Grace Music here recently has been just a an awesome song. You know, Hold Fast is another really good one. City of Light. I mean, just listen to really good theological music that's consistent. That's um, not hard to sing. It's, it's it just fills your soul. That's what you need to listen to, to do. Is just I would recommend it's just a very small point of what Chris was saying. Uh, through the week, through your time, as much as you can, listen to good, 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 like enjoyable, gentle, joyous Christian literature and. Uh, like things like the Bible, and uh, find a sweet time to worship with God individually, whether it be in your Bible study or writing to work, or listen to a podcast. You know that's got a very you know like an enjoyable thing about God that gives attributes of God. And uh, I think more than anything, just a really super deep practical things. Find ways to grow in joy in your love of others, your love of God, and in reaching out to people that you wouldn't reach out to before. I think that helps foster joy. Because it creates an understanding, knowing that other people struggle just like you do, and that you're not in a, a police force trying to correct everybody, but you're among everybody in a remnant on the earth of the people that God adores, trying to spread His Son's name um, to everyone that'll listen, and just fostering that that you're not the police, but you're somebody there rather <clears throat> that's trying to produce and tell people of this amazing. You're a herald. You know, God wants you to, to, to be a herald in his people and just declare Jesus, not what he's done faithfully, what he's done good, um, what, what God's done that's good that's been in Christ, and, and to grow um, that, that young brother into faith or to, to, to allow God to move in his spirit to, to save them. Uh, and we're all trying to mature in Christ, and I appreciate Chris saying that too. But, um, yeah, defining, finding ways just practically to, to find joy and and, and to grow in Christ and, and knowing that joy is like a, it's just like growing in, in um, spiritual maturity of things of God and God, you know, knowing who God is in the Bible, growing in your Bible study, growing in your life. And it, to me, the joy is just a huge part of that. Like you're going to be growing in joy from the moment you become a Christian. Like joy is not just something where you've arrived in it. Like it's a, it's an experiential thing that you have to grow in. And it's also a fruit of the Spirit, and you have to continue to produce these fruits of the Spirit, as it says there in the Gospels. And I think joy is the number, probably one that's been recently during COVID has been absolutely, Satan has tried to squander, um, and God's not going to let that go forever. But 
Do not let God, do not let, sorry, do not let uh, Satan and sin squander joy. Um, don't fall, fall into those temptations. Continue to grow in joy every day and try to find ways to, to love others and to, to, to love God mostly. Love Christ. Grow in Christ. Grow in your knowledge of Christ and um, worship Him wholly and strive to do that daily. I think you'll find a way that you'll end up in your life, end part of your life or um, what the, the day before you go and meet Jesus and you'll, you'll, um, you'll arrive to your, uh, to your, to our maker in a, in a great fashion, knowing that you've tried to grow in joy over your whole life. That's what I want to do. I want to grow in joy good. every day. Good. It's hard to do. It is, you know, one little practical piece that uh, you mentioned listening to to good music and when we say good theological music that's worship it can be fun christian music can be what there's a a wide gambit of stuff out there Uh, but create a spotify playlist and share it with your students take you know take that few minutes and say hey this is these are songs that bring me joy i mean it's 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 little things like that um just going out of our way to to point people to Jesus, point them to uh, His Word, and helping them embrace Him in a, a deeper, more meaningful way will help them through the trying times and help them find joy when it's hard. Well, we are at about the end of, of our podcast uh, tonight, and I'm just, again, we've been talking about joy, and we want that to be a part of our lives as we work with students and as we go through whatever 2021 has for us, uh, we know that it, 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 we have King Jesus. And that is where we're going to find our joy in this process. Well, Chris, I, I mentioned at the beginning, I wanted to give you an opportunity. Anything you wanted to, to say to Micah publicly, That's I just want to give you that chance. Yeah. <laughs> Oh boy. Well, we're at the 46 minute mark and I guess, uh, I guess we can go an hour. No, I'm kidding. No, I'm kidding. Yeah. Hey, so I, I do want to say something, Micah. I'll, I'll, uh, I want to, I want to say one last thing about this issue of joy. One that just popped in my mind and I'll, I'll let that be that. But, you know, I, I think sometimes I, I, I think often I, I fall into the trap of thinking that, uh, that joy uh, is the removal of bad feelings. In other words, I equate how I feel with with joy. And don't get me wrong. I mean, we we certainly want to to feel good feelings. But let's just face it: we go through seasons of life where feelings fade. Uh, feelings are not good. Feelings are not present. But just because good feelings aren't present doesn't mean that joy is absent. Um, and, and so I think we need to do a better job as, as followers of Christ to connect this knowledge of God with the, the joy of God. Um, that as we grow in our knowledge of who God is and what truth is, what he says is true, then our joy grows. Cause there's often times where I don't feel very forgiven, but the truth is that I am totally forgiven in Christ. And if I hold on to that truth, then I have great joy. Does that make sense? Um, I hope it does. So I, I just wanted to say that last thing. Now, Micah, as for you, my friend, um, 
Are you still with me? Can you hear me, Micah? Micah, I'm not, I'm not going to make this a long drawn out thing. Um, I, I echo everything that Dan has already said at the beginning of the podcast. I love you, my friend. I'm thankful for you. Uh, you are, uh, someone who, who cares deeply for people and, uh, most importantly, you, you care deeply for our Lord and savior. And, uh, and, and I know that, uh, your, uh, your life's ambition is to bring glory to him. And, uh, and so I'm thankful for you, man. I'm thankful for your heart. I'm thankful for the the time and commitment that you've had on this particular podcast. And, uh, I'm also thankful for, uh, just your, uh, willingness to, to follow, uh, Christ and him leading you to, to step away from this particular venture so that you can focus in on, on the other things that he's called you to. And so, I'm thankful for that. that That's the example that you set. You continue to set for, for others. And, and man, I just, uh, I hope, hope that, uh, in the, the upcoming days and weeks and, uh, next couple of years, as you pursue this, this next part of your life, man, as far as just seminary, um, I hope the Lord continues to, to bless, bless your efforts in that way. And, uh, we know that you're not going to be far away. We know that you'll come back on at different points. And um, it, obviously this isn't uh, goodbye, you know, or anything like that. But it's just, uh, you know, uh, I'm moving on from this particular part of of uh, our time on this podcast, man. So I'm thankful for you. I love you. And uh, I'm going to I'm going to miss you on these these late night conversations. Man, thanks, brother. Love you guys. As I mentioned before, we are we're going to miss Micah. And if you want to reach out to him and express your appreciation, you know, we always have our email addresses in in our show notes, but I'd love to hear from you. And we are always looking to connect with others. There are ways that you can do that. Um, you can reach us at info at studentministrymatters.com. Um, you can reach us through our Facebook page or through our website. We're here for you, and we want to continue that. That's been a part of our dream from the very start when Micah and I started talking about this. And as we've gone forward and as we go forward, it, it will be about you and how we can help you in this process because it is not easy being a student pastor and being a student ministry leader and worker Gosh, man, it's it's been tough, especially this past year. But we do all these things, and we're going to keep doing all these things because student ministry matters. Thanks for listening to the Student Ministry Matters podcast. Get connected at studentministrymatters.com or follow us on Facebook and Instagram at Student Ministry Matters. Until next time, keep up the great work with your students because the work matters.